0: Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is your host, Kurt Flewelling. We will try to limit the COVID-19 um, discussion. Uh, it's going to be tough, but we will uh, will hit what we have to hit. We, we do seem to have some free speech, First Amendment issues uh, cropping up this week. Twitter issuing fact-check labels. Um, Donna Brazile saying some quite bizarre things on Fox this week, and uh, we will cover all that. Uh, might be a very good time to uh, do what we did a few weeks ago on the show, which is uh, read the First Amendment um, to the U.S. Constitution. I will do that now. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably, uh, to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And throughout the show today, what we will discuss and we will accentuate some of these headlines to, to illustrate that we as American citizens, as the press, as, as anybody, we, we have the right to say what we want to say, what we need to say within, um, a very broad spectrum. We we can't say certain things, but there's pretty much just about everything goes these days. And um, the limiting of that, whether rightly or wrongly, uh, depending on what side of the aisle you are on and what your opinion may be of what someone says, is something that the Constitution protects. And um, this is why I always. You know, when I speak to all of you, uh, particularly of uh, born-again Christian believers out there, that's why it is paramount that um, we worship a God and commune with a God and listen to a God through Scripture uh, who is truth and will disseminate truth and the Holy Spirit will give us truth and, and give us discernment when things come down the pike that do not smell right. Um, so it is in, in this crazy world we live in, um, where there's just insanity on both sides of the aisle and and outlandish statements, which should indeed be protected by the U S constitution. We need to be grounded and we need to know what the truth is and we need to separate truth from, uh, fiction and emotion is a very, very strong thing. And that's what comes into play. On both sides of the aisle when we're assessing uh, whether a news story is truth or something we read or hear on the radio or watch on television is truth. And the more steeped we are in Christ, the better um, equipped we are going to be to discern if somebody is saying something that's crazy or untrue or whatever. And we certainly, our arbiter should be the Lord himself rather than um, Twitter, or um, uh, Facebook, or uh, Google, or worse yet, the federal government um, telling those entities or anybody what they can and cannot say. So let me just read a few um, of my favorite scriptures on wisdom, because we need a lot of it these days. I've chronicled this many times on the show. I'll do it again, James 1, five. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Isaiah 2, verse 3, he will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. So these are some pretty whacked times. And, um, you know, free speech is at the cornerstone of a lot of things, none the least of which is your right and my right to worship whatever God we want. There is a reason that in that First Amendment I uh, just read, there is a, a very clear reference to you and I being able to worship whoever we would like to without government edicts telling us that we're doing something wrong. And that's why these free speech issues are very, very important as it, as it comes to your ability and my ability to worship who we need to, because we do not want to live in a state where um, human beings uh, are, are that, that are in uh, governmental uh, positions or bureaucrats or powerful entities are telling us what's true and what's not true. We, the people are smart enough to discern what's true and what's not true. And um, so it leads me to my first article here, which I chronicle. Twitter issues fact check label to China spokesman's tweets on the coronavirus origin. So Twitter retroactively added its new fact check label to China's foreign ministry spokesman's tweets about the origin of the coronavirus. The social media platform has made headlines in recent days for fact-checking a tweet from President Trump, which prompted a coming executive order on social media censorship and recently slapped a similar alert on a March 12th tweets from China foreign minister, uh, who, as you may recall, was speculating that the U.S. military could be responsible for spreading the coronavirus. So Twitter with this whole storm and maybe for a little cover. So it doesn't look like they're, um, you know, picking on Donald Trump too much. They retroactively have slapped a fact check little check mark on their, um, uh, on, on these comments made by the Chinese foreign minister. Um, the article concludes with, uh, some, a couple of interesting paragraphs. It says the tweet now features an exclamation point inside a circle with texts that read, get the facts about COVID-19. The Twitter-provided link leads to a page that features a Reuters story, and the page is labeled, WHO says evidence suggests coronavirus originated in animals and was not produced in a lab. Now, let us stop right there, and let us ponder the importance of who is saying, I mean, you know, basically when we're talking about facts, who, how, and where these facts are being checked is very important. And just because an entity such as Twitter now features an exclamation point inside a circle that, um, questions somebody's tweet, and then they themselves, sends you to a Reuters story that references of all entities, the WHO. The WHO has had a very long and storied history of just taking the money and saying whatever they need to say, facts be damned, based on who is donating to them. So the absolute rich irony in this is... Twitter is kind of conveying to us that they're above all this stuff and they check their facts but when they put a little exclamation point inside a circle it it references <clears throat> excuse me it it sends you to the Reuters story which um references the WHO. Now how factual is the WHO? So um that makes absolutely no sense at all to me. Uh, and, and, and at the same time, it makes perfect sense if you know the players involved. Uh, the article concludes by saying Zhao's tweets contain potentially misleading contact, content about the coronavirus and had been labeled to provide additional context to the public. These actions are in line with the approach we shared earlier this month, a spokesperson for Twitter told Bloomberg on Thursday. Um I hate to tell you this, if you're on the right, uh, Twitter is absolutely allowed to lie, mislead, spin, drive agendas, because this is America, um, and we're allowed not to believe anything that um, people tweet or Twitter regulates. Uh, I, I just heard a statistic the other day. It could be up for debate, but it, it's it's good to provide some context. Probably seven percent of Americans um, even tweet or uh, follow Twitter, and most of those are in New York or LA. And you can judge from that what you'd like, but Twitter is not this um, repository of of highbrow intellectual thought and and respecting of the facts. It's a cesspool, as many people will tell you. So, um, you know, if if you're going. To, uh, Twitter to find your news or what is this star or um, sports figure or entertainer saying today I mean I I guess it's it is of interest but to to label it a, a repository of of uh, truth and facts is just insane and if if the uh, if the fox is watching the hen house so to speak and Twitter is is now trying to provide some credibility, uh, by featuring an exclamation point with a circle in it. And then they send their readers to, um, reference, uh, comments made by the world health organization that really, in my estimation tells you all you need to know. But I I think a lot of this, as I said earlier, is, um, to provide cover for, um, you know, what they want to do to Donald Trump, uh, which is when when he says some outlandish things, they want to put a little check mark next to what he's saying. So we um, we proceed um, to Donna Brazil. Now uh, let me be very careful here. Um, when you're in a glass house, you don't throw stones. Um, I have done. <clears throat> television radio public speaking for about 17 years and i have never uh used the dump button i have never cursed on the air i've come very close um when we all get excited i don't care who you are what god you serve we um we got kind of get a little exercised, and we can we can swear uh or or use some salty language those of us in the media should not do that um, we can get spanked for doing it, but it seems now if you turn the radio on or television things that were permitted, perhaps, um, or not permitted perhaps 20 years ago, 10 years ago, certainly are said with, uh, routine these days. Um, Donna Brazil said something the other day that really bugged me. And again, um, I am, uh, I am nobody to to comment on on people swearing or uh, taking the Lord's name in vain but she purports to be a Christian which is all well and good but she has done you know she's talking about lying and um this is this is the woman that leaked town hall topics and questions to Hillary Clinton when she was the DNC chair um, during the presidential campaign, that's a no no. They, the, she's supposed to be above everything and not give one Democrat candidate any advantage over any other. But she pumped the topics and questions that were fed to audience members to Hillary Clinton to prepare her. And only when her, she was up to her armpit in the cookie jar did she, um, Did she say that, um, yeah, I I did that and she begrudging and and CNN to their credit, and this is CNN, uh, fired her and now she's over at Fox and she's um, making some headlines by a little dust up she had on the five the other night by saying there's no first amendment for lies. Now as you guys just heard when I read that, it didn't really say anything about truth or lying. Um, it um, it just says what it says and um, the article goes on to say Democratic pol- political analyst Donna Brazil doesn't believe the US Constitution protects lies during Fox News's the Five Brazil got into a heated argument with co-host Jesse Waters over Twitter fact-checking President Trump's tweets on mail-in voting, asserting the Bill of Rights doesn't apply to lies. Now she says all of this whining, and then she uses um the Lord's name in vain, which which bothered me. And I'm I'm the first person to Forgive her. God has forgiven her, and um, but it's. I'm telling you, um, and I'm not doing this from an ivory tower for all the thing from an ivory tower um, based on all the things I just told you. But um, you know, we're not doing Jesus any favors by starting out the conversation taking his name in vain. However, and I'm not excusing Ms. Brazil, but she was very exercised if you see the video. She says the Lord's name in vain to Jesse, and it says, I mean, I wish I could just send you some tissues, but I'd have to be six feet from you. So therefore, I would have to throw it at you, Brazil said, while Waters was hoping to talk over her. She says the president's tweet should have been deleted. I would have deleted the president's tweet. And you know why? Because it's a bald-faced lie, Brazil continued later, adding she believes touting conspiracy theories can endanger the lives of the public. There's no First Amendment right to lie. Period. Brazil concluded, prompting pushback from host Greg Gutfeld and Dana Perino, and you know they go on to to talk about, um, which is rightly so. What would happen to politicians, Donna, if you couldn't lie? You have no politics. Gutfeld said. Brazil doubled down on her opinion. Um. So again, Twitter added the fact check label, um, to several of, uh, Donald Trump's tweets in an ongoing initiative to ensure that statements are true. Um, again, these, um, Twitter fact checkers or, um, Facebook or Google or whomever, um, they regulate themselves and, um, as is, is offensive as some of these things are, and as untrue as they are, ladies and gentlemen, we don't want to go down a road where uh, a king, uh, or or a government entity of any type can can say this is wrong or this is right, based on little more than um, wanting to preserve their political power base. This is what. Um, totalitarian regimes do all over the world daily and have done historically. If you control the narrative, um, then you control uh, the, the um, information that's disseminated to your subjects, if you will, or the citizens. And then you have them. So the fact that we have a First Amendment is very good on a lot of fronts, but none the least of which is um, for Christians, uh, our right or any um, religion's right to worship who they would like to worship. The article says Trump promised big action after Twitter placed a fact checking icon beneath his tweets. Twitter has now shown that everything we have um, in, uh, it says everything we have been saying about them and their other compatriots is correct. Big action to follow. He wrote, um, On Wednesday, Trump also indicated his support for strongly regulating or closing social media companies who, in his view, censor conservative viewpoints from gaining traction on their sites. Now, um, you know, a lot of our audience is conservative. A lot of our audience love Donald Trump. This is absolutely chilling, um, particularly the last statement that, that Donald Trump makes, Um, Strongly regulating or closing social media companies who, in his view, in his view, censor conservative viewpoints from gaining traction on their sites. I I don't know. Are there conservative entities that censor liberal viewpoints? Yeah, there certainly are. Um, uh, If if Obama wanted to crack down on Fox News, which he did have some dustups with some folks from Fox News. Uh, Would you conservatives be all for that? This this whole thing, um, it's wrong when your guy does it, but it's okay when my guy does it, is ludicrous. Wrong is wrong. It's not on a sliding scale. That's why, you know, in in honor of uh, Ravi Zacharias, who was laid to rest uh, about a week ago, uh, absolutes matter. and, And who you believe... Uh, to be the arbiter of truth and what that truth is is very very important. And on this side of the clouds, you know, we do not live in a theocracy. We we live in a in a uh country where you know, uh, the government is is not inextricably intertwined with religion. And because of that, um people have the right to be wrong and and say stupid things and you have the right to not listen to them. So, um, you do not want, I don't care if, if the guy's got an R next to his name, or if you're a Democrat, a D next to their name, you do not want a King slash president saying, um, I'm censoring this media, uh, entity. Because they say stuff that I don't like, or you conservatives don't like, or if it's Barack Obama, what if Barack Obama again said, um, what if he was a a tweeter such as Donald Trump? And he goes, Fox news lies, um, more big action to come. And we're going to come down on Fox news because they censor and, and squelch liberal points of view. Well, you conservatives would lose your freaking minds you lose your minds. So why aren't you losing your mind when your guy with an R next to his name is saying the same thing? Donald Trump, love him or hate him, he will be gone eventually, either in five months or four years in five months. And um, we are left with a constitution that is, that is eroding, unraveling, being scrapped, being urinated on, and that's a lot bigger than the R thing or the D thing. Okay. And that leads me to what I felt was just a really, <clears throat> excuse me, a really nice piece. Excuse me. A little Wawa coffee there. I guess we'll sponsor Wawa, right? Um people outside of this area. What the heck's a Wawa? Uh Wawa is a convenient chain. Uh, store chain in, uh, started in suburban Philadelphia and it's migrated, uh, all over the place now, but there's certainly enough people in this audience that don't know what the heck Wawa is. But anyway, that was some Wawa coffee. I just slugged down there. Uh, this article I, I felt was great. And, um, I'd like you guys to listen to it, not through the Republican or the Democrat lens or the Fox news, good CNN, bad lens or the I love Trump I hate Hillary lens I'd like you to look at this article and digest this through the lens of somebody that loves the Constitution and understands what the United States of America and free speech is all about this article is from uh, in the Washington examiner uh, Tiana low is her name And it says the wannabe tyranny of Trump's attempted social media, media policy. Oh, excuse me. Not reading well this morning. Um, Trump's attempted social media policing. Twitter is in a mess of its own making after allowing the Chinese Communist Party to spew outright lies and propaganda to avoid blame for unleashing the coronavirus on the world. The social media giant decided to crack down on President Trump, for untruthfulness. Trump has baselessly accused Joe Scarborough of murder and told a thousand other falsehoods, yet Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey targeted Trump's not unfounded claim that voting for, excuse me, by mail provisions can be manipulated for voter fraud. Trump's tweet to that effect is the one that now appears with a fact check beneath it. Now, let's stop right there. We cannot look at this as we're at a basketball game, you know, rooting for the blue shirt guys over the white shirt guys. Um, this is a a liberal entity by all stretches of the imagination. Twitter, they have allowed many of outlandish things that Donald Trump has said to to go uh, unchecked, but when it kind of hits home and affects the power base, um, Democrats winning or losing, and Trump strikes a nerve with something that is absolutely spot on true and doesn't deserve any checks or exclamation points next to it, which is um, voter fraud with this um, uh, mail provisions and, and all of this craziness that's going on in this pandemic world. Then they decide to arbitrarily fact check it. See, this is this is where Um, who is the arbiter of truth or whatever, um, who is, who is, uh, dictating what truth is, where they're getting their information from, where their bread is buttered, how much money they're getting. Hello, world health organization. What comes out of people's mouths is, is largely affected by money and power. Um, not all the time. There's a lot of, uh, altruistic, honest people out there. But there's a fair amount of people that um, will look the other way when Donald Trump says some crazy things. And now they're putting the hammer down on him when he says something that I believe happens to be true. So the article continues. A productive response would be to pester the hell out of Dorsey's staff for their own terrible tweets. Let them explain why it makes sense to fact check a perfectly debatable claim but not incontrovertible falsehoods of a communist dictatorship. Trump predictably triggered as um, has responded with a six page executive order that aims to remove liability protect protections from platforms like Twitter and Facebook for what users upload. Um, if you haven't noticed, this article is kind of dancing back and forth defending Trump And assailing Trump. And that's a good thing because this little thing called the Constitution and our First Amendment right to say whatever we want to say um, transcends the Republican Democrat thing. So I think Tiana does a very good job here. Um, essentially, he wants to nullify Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. For Trump, Twitter's fact check was the straw that broke the camel's back. But even to the strongest advocates of amending Section 230, the Orwellian timing and substance of the order should cause concern. Um, And the next paragraph is really um, all you need to know here. It says, for starters, Trump wants to crack down on perfectly private companies, not for discriminating against civil, um, excuse me, civilian conservatives, but for fact checking what technically constitutes an official statement from the most powerful official of the United States government. In short, it's the government attempting to censor private speech critical of the government. And right there, uh, the author is correct, and that flies in the face of the spirit of the First Amendment. It just does. And and I'm telling you, one of the reasons that we live in this crazy, chaotic world is emotions. Um, what the U.S. Congress did, uh, led by Democrats in the House of Representatives, by impeaching Donald Trump over Absolutely nothing. Making things up every inch of the way and succeeding has has really swung this pendulum so crazy that when somebody like Donald Trump or perhaps somebody with an R next to their name gets an opportunity to crack down on um, free speech either by an executive order or supporting an executive order and, and Trump is allowed to do executive orders conservatives. I I must remind you conservatives are not all about executive orders. We don't dig executive orders. They are constitutional, but fundamentally we don't like them because we don't have a King. We have a president. Um, once these people went so crazy and impeached the president, um, now he comes back and threatens with an Orwellian order. Um, and conservatives cheer. I mean, it's it's crazy. Conservatives will put their conservative principles, or if you are a faith-based voter, their faith-based principles on the shelf, oftentimes, and vote for or support someone that is just sticking it to their who they consider their arch rival, which is usually somebody with a D next to their name, um, and you really can't do that. That's sad. Conservatives cheering for, um, as as the article says here, uh, some Orwellian move on the point on the part of Donald Trump is not conservative. It is crazy because when the guy or gal with a D next to their name does it in, you know, six months or four years in six months, they're going to be upset about it and they need to be consistent. Um, The article goes on to say, but the order is no mere tantrum demanding that Congress amend section 230. It claims that the Justice Department and the attorney general himself establish a working group regarding the potential enforcement of state statutes that prohibit online platforms from engaging in unfair and deceptive acts and practices. And I underline this in the article. This is neither a responsible use of the attorney general's time nor a precedent any conservative should want to set. Trump's demands that the rest of the government simply reinterpret a standing law according to the interpretation set out in the order is surely unconstitutional. Worse, he wants to rewrite the law so that, excuse me here, turn the page, that the fact checking by private citizens is censorship and government surveillance and regulation is now free speech. Of course, Trump fans will cheer on an executive order that attempts to use the full force of the federal government to crack down on private companies because well, of course, It cannot be justified. Trump should be spending his time laying plans to revive the economy. Instead, after weeks of melting down on Twitter about petty grievances and conspiracy theories, he has decided that this is a good use of his time. So I think that was a very, very good article. And again, that was um, uh, Tiana Lowe in um, The Washington Examiner. And... um, I've I've been saying this for years, way before Donald Trump, and I'll say it way after um, he leaves, whenever that is. Um, You live by the R, you die by the R. You live by the D, you die by the D. You cannot look at these things through the lens of your party or through the lens of, hey, I'm a big Fox News fan. So whatever Fox News wants to shove down my throat, if it's true or not, Uh, I'm going to get whipped up with emotion. I'm going to hate the guts of my political adversary, and I'm going to believe everything Fox says. Well, that's insane. And it's also insane if Trump says something that is just not right. And when we blindly follow anybody other than Jesus Christ, we set up a situation where we're so intoxicated by this party. And this politician or this uh, cable news outlet or whatever, talk radio host, doesn't really matter. Me, it doesn't matter if you're a big fan of me. Um, if, if, we, if, our, if we are so drunk with our um, love and giddiness over this entity or that entity, we lose the ability to think. And then when I say something wrong or Donald Trump says something wrong, or the Republican Party does something that's really wrong, then we just tend to look at our feet and overlook it. And our Lord does not want us to do that. And that's why we should be steeped in the word of God. Those uh, verses about wisdom that I said were were very accurate. Um, The more steeped we are in the word of God, then when our guy or gal says something outlandish, we don't say, well, you know, I like those Supreme Court judges or, well, you know, it's better than Hillary Clinton. We're better than that. And and we deserve the crap that we're going to get if we continue to go down the lesser of two evils uh, route that we do oftentimes when we vote or um, we just lose the ability to think. And not only do we lose the ability to think, but the person or entity that we are now worshiping can say and do whatever they want to do. And heretofore, very well-educated, wise people just cheer. And they say, yay, executive order. Those liberals are going to get what they deserve. It's ridiculous because if Joe Biden becomes president and he does anything that approximates this, you guys aren't going to like it. And so um, you got to be fair. You got to look at these things even handedly. And, you know, the, the need for wisdom is it it, just, it transcends uh, politics. It, it, uh, my, my next thing that I'm going to do on the show here is I'm going to read you four headlines about COVID-19. And if you don't have a discerning spirit, if you can't smell a rat, then you're going to be frustrated and confused and scared about COVID-19. Here are four headlines within the span of the same day. Okay. This headline says, scientists say new lower CDC estimates for severity of COVID-19 are optimistic. So whoever's writing this wants to downplay the new lower CDC estimates for severity of COVID-19. The next article, same time frame. COVID-19 studies report staggering death rate in the U.S. among those infected. Um, okay. It's kind of a gloom and doom type of an article. Next one, same time frame. Key coronavirus models lower death protections in the U.S. Okay. And finally, multiple studies suggest COVID-19 mortality rate may be lower than expected. Now, these are all within the same 48 hours. And I do realize that things with COVID-19 move pretty quickly. But that illustrates my point Um if your head is not in the game, and, and guys, I realized this, and I am nowhere near the political junkie, political animal that I once was. I used to listen to talk radio all day, watch the talking heads at night, get up, do it again, do talk radio myself, public speak, do TV, and I was just in it. And if I was out of it for a couple of days, I, I felt like I was just, you know, what's wrong with me? And in, in, in the last, say, five to ten years, I've I've backed off quite a bit. And um, so, guys, I get it if you're not listening to, you know, six different talk show hosts in the day and five different people at night on cable outlets and, you know, reading all this stuff and you're not up to speed. News is not your thing. You're paying the rent is your thing, <laughs> which – and in this COVID-19 world we live in, just – you got a lot more things to to be worried about than than some of these headlines. I get it. But, you know, it is incumbent upon you, even if you're not a political junkie, even if you don't like to go to cocktail parties and talk about politics or go to rallies or, or any of this stuff, you, it really is um, in your best interest, and in your family's best interest, in your community's best interest for you. To be paying attention to the point where if you read four articles like that and you see the headlines, you have to kind of question, like, why are four headlines like that in, in the same 48 hours so dramatically different? Two of which are optimistic and are, are uh, painting a picture that we're pulling out of these things and, and the other two are hey, not so fast. Hide under the bed for another couple of months. We we need you to do that. So um, you gotta you gotta understand who's writing these articles. What entity um, is um, is promoting those articles? But you gotta stop short of insisting that a a governmental entity helps you. Along with your decision by putting little check marks next to paragraphs and articles, or tweets, or um, you know, uh, just you know, reduces this thing to something as simplistic as Trump good, opponents of Trump bad. You, you really you're better than that, and I don't care if you're a political junkie or not. You're better than that. You cannot. Let that job go to somebody else because if if you feel that you don't have a lot of time to pay attention to this and you just want it to be made easier, um, and your default is well, I'll go to Fox because they tell the truth, or I'll go to um, you know I'll I'll look at the uh, bottom of that tweet and I'll see that that. Needs to be fact checked or doesn't need to be fact checked. I guess I'll believe it and I won't fact check it myself. That may be tempting to streamline your um, uh, education, if you will, but you would be doing yourself a disservice. And and I I get it. You know, researching this stuff, finding out who's telling the truth, um, is not only time consuming, but it's just not your cup of tea. I get it. So you know but that doesn't mean that you can't not attempt to do this because the the alternative uh is to wait for you know government approved facts or uh Twitter to tell you what's factual and what isn't and that's not a world you want to live in guys so um we have that and you know i i really hate to um have to get into this but um you know there was an unfortunate occurrence in Minneapolis about that poor young man that died and we are going to um you know it is in the news so we have to talk about it but if any of you saw the video of that you cannot watch that I don't care if you're on the left or right uh or pro law enforcement or you think that every ill in urban America is because of law enforcement you 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 can't come to any other conclusion on this other than this was so sad, so tragic, did not need to happen. And um, we will we will dissect that in a second here. The article says Minneapolis mayor asked for help from the National Guard after violent protests over the George Floyd death. Uh, the mayor of Minneapolis requested that the national guard be called in after protest over the death of George Floyd turned into violent riots. Um, stop right there. You know, regardless of how egregious this act was, um, you know, people like Dr. King and several others, um, peaceful protest is the way to go here. Um, eluding a target. Um, destroying a man's business, a small business, just because um, something outrageously horrible has happened is really not the way to go. It's not helpful. And, um, you know, again, emotions uh, rule the day. And uh, if, if I was in Minneapolis, I would probably and I'm not in Minneapolis, but I would be very, very exercised, but I can assure you I'd like to think I would not go into a target and start stealing stuff. And the family of George Floyd, um, at least some of them said George Floyd was not about that. He would, he would find that to be very troubling. So, uh, first and foremost, um, we probably shouldn't be destroying a city, based on what happened to Mr. Floyd here, a spokesperson for mayor Jacob Fry confirmed that he was calling on the national guard to protect the safety of protesters in the city. After several stores were looted and an auto zone was lit on fire the night before police officers appeared to stand down while the protests veered out of control. And at least one person was shot and killed during the mayhem. Um, Again, we were talking about the pendulum going crazy left, right. Uh, and if you don't want to use those words, that's fine. But when we live in a world, and we saw this in Ferguson, uh, Missouri, when we live in a world where abject chaos is going on, and police officers and law enforcement and, um, uh, you know, National Guard, are anybody with a uniform is so distrusted that they will not carry out their duty and enforce law law enforcement enforcing of the law and stop someone from destroying your business. Whoever owned that auto zone doesn't have one. Now, whoever's um, kid was that person that died doesn't have a son or daughter. I don't know if it's male or female. Um, and if that could be stopped, that needs to be stopped. Um, what police officers sign up to do is, is oftentimes not easy, but the stand down orders given by, uh, mayors and governors, uh, in, in municipalities is not the way to go. If people are being chaotic and causing more mayhem, killing more people senselessly, then, why do we even have law enforcement? And I, I do under, I'm not stupid. I understand that a cop did something ridiculously dumb and horrible and a visual of other cops trying to restore order is, is not a good visual. If things get out of hand and they will get out of hand because when emotions are that high, it has to get out of hand. Um, but, to sit back and let a city burn as they did in Ferguson and just do nothing just because they were afraid of the photo op. It would give, um, people that's, um, insanity as well. Um, so the next paragraph says I cannot risk the safety of innocent people. And so that is why I've been sworn to uh, what I've been sworn to uphold. And that is what I am dedicated to do. Uh, Fry previously told, um, a local radio station. We can have both things. We can have peaceful demonstration, but I have to ensure the safety of everyone in the city. Uh, authorities in Minnesota urge people to stay away from the site of the riots on uh, Wednesday night. Um, boy, where do I go? Um, you know, we can, we can very briefly get into what happened. Um, the the chokehold in general that's a a, a chokehold that was used for years that it comes straight on um, to the perpetrator which can uh, crush the uh, your larynx um, damage your trachea and cut off air supply to your brain has been outlawed um, It is not used anymore, uh, thankfully. Too many people were being harmed, injured, or killed by it. So as a police officer, you are not instructed to or you are prohibited from using that front choke hold, if you will. The uh, choke technique that the officer used with his knee was more along the side. Now, the short-sighted logic there was, well, I'm not going to crush um, the uh, uh, larynx. I'm not going to destroy this person's trachea and and cut off their air supply to the brain. So I'll do this choke from the side or subdue the um, the, uh, perpetrator um, from the side, which kind of sounds logical. But in this case, what you have, and, and you really don't need to be a doctor, nurse, technician, clinician, anything to understand this. You have two basically very large pipes called carotid arteries that go up the left and right side of your neck, and they feed oxygenated blood to the brain. And if you uh, preclude that blood flow from for any degree of time, um, if the patient does have underlying Issues, uh, plaque buildup, or any uh, morbidity of or comorbidity of any type, um, you can stroke that patient out uh, in a very short period of time by putting, you know, the guy didn't seem like a huge guy. Let's just say he's 180 pounds. By putting that much force on a carotid artery, you could stroke the guy out uh, almost instantaneously. In this instance, the guy was relatively young. What happened, um, and I'm no, you know, forensic uh, genius here, but the guy has his knee on um, the perpetrator's uh, neck for eight solid minutes, six to eight minutes. Now you can't do that. You're going to uh, reduce, if not totally obstruct blood that goes to the brain, and the patient is is going to have a, a a really bad um, event happen uh, because of that, and the ease with which this police officer was kind of looking around while this poor man uh, was just begging for his life basically the ease with which the police officer engaged in this um um subduing i guess in his mind of of the um the person was, was really chilling. Uh, abject chaos was going around, uh, going on all around. And this guy was just kind of standing there, um, for minute after minute after minute. Um, I, I have been told by police officer friends, and I've seen a lot of people on TV comment on this. Uh, the, the subduing of, of, a, a, a perpetrator a would be perpetrator, um, I guess the rule of thumb is in law enforcement, once the cuffs are on and that person is subdued, any type of a choking maneuver ceases at that point in time. Um, this poor individual seemed to be quite subdued for the longest of time. He wasn't thrashing around and and uh, exhibiting any degree of threat to police officers, which many... Um, perpetrators, uh, or suspected, uh, perpetrators do indeed pose a threat. This is why force is indeed necessary, but this guy, he seemed to be quite subdued and this police officer chose to do this for, um, minute after minute after minute. And that's absolutely, um, unbelievable. And I, at at the, at the time of the airing of this show, he has not been charged. He's been fired, but he should be charged with murder. He should be convicted of murder and he should do time in jail, a long time in jail for snuffing out the life of this person. I mean, this is, this is madness. Um, But again, you know, you have polarization on both sides here. You, in, in, Not so much in this instance, because this is such an egregious act by any objective uh, analysis. But oftentimes when you have these things happen, you have people that um, like to assail the victim and talk about how terrible of a person they were, and which has absolutely nothing to do with the oath that the police officer has taken to um, enforce law subdue people when they need to, but using any degree of excessive force, you know, I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it, but that's what a police officer signs up for to be, you know, be in situations where they are, people are shooting at you, um, and, and doing all sorts of crazy things and you are trying your best to subdue them without, um, killing them or harming them. It's, it's a very, very tall order. But again, I didn't sign up for that. You didn't sign up for that. But a police officer does sign up for that, and they have to do that. And uh, it, it's it's not easy. But for you or I to defend a police officer when they clearly cross the line and start talking about what the person did and and what they were in seventh grade and all that stuff is is really is is quite troubling. And it is equally troubling on the other side when people try to, um, paint this type of behavior as something that is, um, quite routine and happens with a great degree of regularity and is, is happening, um, among police officers and a very high percentage of the police officers are doing these things, which is absolutely crazy. Um, (sighs) that is not happening either. Is it happening too much? Yes, it is. Should people protest when it happens or before it happens or, or meet with law enforcement and public officials to understand why it is happening at all? Of course. But to inflame an already inflamed situation and make um, law enforcement, who I'm a big fan of, the villain here and, and just imply that it is the wild wild west is certainly not true either and it's not helpful um so um the the uh the governor says i'm imploring or actually the mayor says i'm employing our imploring our city and community and everyone um to keep the peace and let's honor george floyd's memory um as the city burned, and I think that's a good idea um, to try to restore calm here. Um, it, what happened in Ferguson was a um, was a travesty. Uh, local law enforcement and local politicians had very little control. Um, uh, in short order, and all sorts of. People from outside of Ferguson flew into that relatively small city and took over a situation and made a very bad situation a heck of a lot worse. Now, the, the Ferguson situation, as it pertains to the guilt or innocence of the police officer involved in Missouri, as opposed to Minneapolis, could not be any different. Um, the police officer was exonerated in Ferguson. This police officer, I don't see how he could be based on what I've seen, but the, the fact remains when, when rabble rousers or outsiders come into an area, not with the intent of, um, justice, it, that may be a secondary intent, but the primary intent to continue to divide demagogue and vilify, uh, police or people that promote police, uh, officers is, is a really bad thing and it shouldn't be done. um, So, uh, article concludes several other fires are burning in the area, but it's not clear how the blazes began. Um, the construction site of one housing complex was completely engulfed in flames. Um, you know, uh, it's horrible. Um, is it, is it easy to, uh, to protest peacefully when something this horrible happens? No, it's not. But, um, to say things like um Maxine Waters um uh are, you know a a big opponent of Donald Trump uh says um uh Trump's dog whistling led to George Floyd's killing is at the least not helpful and at at best probably just a, 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 an indicator of her insanity um what Donald Trump and any dog whistling that she alleges he did um, uh, has anything to do with this very misguided, very troubled police officer that did this, I will never know. But she is adding gasoline to a fire. And that's exactly what I'm uh, talking about. That's not a good thing. So that's how we'll wrap it up. And this has been Reshaping America with Kurt Flewelling. You have a great day.